This is the Two Lights Podcast. Join me, Robert Nicolato, and my wife, Crystal Nicolato, as we explore the words and principles of the truth that illuminate the direction and the steps on the path of life. Well, good morning, sweetie. Good morning. Well, uh, we were continuing on with a previous conversation on perspective. Mm -hmm. And so as I was thinking about that this morning, I was reading in Genesis. We talked about there were two words, or two ideas, I should say, that were a part of the Latin definition. First was to look through, and we talked a little bit about on the last podcast, to perceive. And we didn't talk much about that idea. But as I was reading this morning, the that that word actually showed up, and in some an interaction with Lot and his daughters, and not a very pretty story. <laughs> but uh, you know, Lot has fled from Sodom and Gomorrah, and Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, and it it ends up just. Lot and his daughters are the only survivors of his entire, well, I guess you could say of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. And he flees to Zohar. And then from there, he actually continues to run into the mountains. And it says that he he lived in a cave. Mm -hmm. And his daughters were like, well, aren't many men up here in this cave? And they're like, you know, hey, we want children. And so basically they get Lot drunk. And the oldest daughter, it says that she li- she lied down with him, which is, um, you know, so they had sex. And this is where the perceive. So what it says is that Lot did not perceive her lying down or her rising up. He had no idea that... He had been with his eldest daughter. And then um, the the next night, the youngest daughter did the same thing. They got him drunk, and he did not perceive that her lying down or her rising up. And I, that that really stood out to me, that it helped me think about perceiving something so you've got to perceive something which is to understand yeah to knowledge to know it's there mm-hmm. and to have an amount of understanding to to have been a part of it and your brain was there at the same time and then and in this case you know he had no idea and so the next thing the next thing is is that his daughters are pregnant and there there's no indication anywhere that he ever perceived that he that his daughters were pregnant by him um we don't know the timeline of when he fled from zohar how long they were in the cave before this incident occurred so we have there's no indication that he ever knew that um, or f- fully understood what happened. Well, anyway, 
a kind of a mathematical representation of it that I thought of and was we have this idea of parallel. It's two reality or two things existing or so so last time we talked about lines and we talked about rays. So you could actually line up many rays. So in other words, lines that have a big a start and continue in a direction forever. You can line, you can put all uh, several rays in parallel and they will never touch each other. And so one, if you could say if there was a consciousness between the lines, no other line would know of the existence of any other line if they're in parallel and there's nothing to bring those lines together. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so it's possible for there to be an exi- a reality that is running parallel to what you perceive and for you to not know about it. So it's literally like there are parallel universe, you know, each each idea is in, is existing independently of the other. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess if we looked at our current political climate, it's like you've got all these different parallel ideas that are all running, I guess you could say generally in the same direction, in that we're all human. We would all like to live in a society that is not like, burning itself down and yet within the society you've got different you know ideas yeah and and they're all kind of running in the same direction relatively but there's like no crossover between the different ideas so what's the common place that they all start at from the ray what is that considered Life. Life. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Perspective. Yeah, right. And so each one's going to have their own perspective. So they're all looking. And this was another idea that, like, if you ever take, like, a paper towel, you know, the empty paper towel roll, and you look through it, all you've got is that little tiny field of view. Uh-huh. Right. And, uh... There's this computer idea, or actually it is with screens. It's called, um, a screen has resolution. Oh, yeah. It's it's how quickly the picture actually updates itself. Right. And so it's actually flashing, but it's flashing so fast that your eyes can't see it. Interesting. And so an example of that would be if you tried to walk and you close your eyes every second for a second, but you continue walking. That could be dangerous. It could be really dangerous. But if you are walking and you're just blinking your eyes, like, you know, a fraction of a second, you hardly even notice. And the image update is fast enough to where you can make corrections quickly enough. So, you know, if, if you're not correcting quickly enough then there's going to be a problem. So I guess I I digress a little bit, actually. 
So if we, if we reach back to the paper towel roll <clears throat> idea, mm-hmm. that's probably a complete idea. Okay. In that you're looking through the paper towel roll, but you're unable to perceive... The outside. ...around it. Right. And so that that's that's exactly right from as as how i can tell so if you apply the in the lot idea in the resolution idea um okay this is actually probably where the frame of reference idea yeah, comes that's in that's what i was going to say that's why it's helpful to have a perspective that's not even your own right because if you you have to acknowledge that your own perspective can do that you have to acknowledge that my perspective is has a tendency of being like a paper towel roll. Yeah. You know? So you have to go to the line rather than the ray. Yes. Yeah. To get the full picture. Right. And in in land navigation, you have uh, a map and you have a compass, typically. If you know if you if if you got a good situation going. In alert, we one of the things that we had to what, what land navigation is one of the classes that we took, and so you got dropped on the side of a road with two hundred acres between you and the next road, and it was like, "Go, this is where you're supposed to go. You know, this is where you're at. Figure it out." And so we had been told how to use a compass. I would die. <laughs> well, you had the map. And it was a topographical map, so that means it it actually shows you the terrain, and so like there's a there's a hill here, there's a, there's a mountain here, there's a swamp here, there's a river here, and so you could the combination of that and using your compass, which gives you your direction, you could get there. Sounds and kind of fun. It's it, like a board game in real life. It was it's it's really exciting in. Yeah. It's it's rather nerve-wracking because, I mean, all the trees look the same. Right. And so the guys that got lost were the guys that were self-referencing. Right. They looked at a tree. Oh, I see that tree. You know, they if they didn't rely on their compass or they got turned around, which means that you weren't relying on your compass. Right. You just literally would go in circles. Right. Or... We had a couple guys get lost, and it was, you know, they were lost for a long time. <laughs> so, every tree looks as relatively the same. It's about the same height. It's about the same thickness. And if you're relying on your knowledge of a place that you've never been, you're not going anywhere. Which is really arrogant if you think about it. Yeah. But easy to fall into that trap so right. often. Right. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said that um, he who does not use the thoughts of other men's brains, proves that he has no brains of his own. I love Charles. That is such an amazing <laughs> thought. Um, so that that's why... Wow, that's really interesting. That's like this generation. It, where it's like, I'm doing things that have never been done. And, right. But it's like, but it's like not you're not really. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, because you're doing something so stupid, no one has thought to do that in the history of the world. Right. That's not the best. I would think so. Yeah. 
And that's that's where we come to the Bible. Right. It is a book, like we, we had touched on this last time, that has, it gives you a direction that is independent of you. Right, so it's just keeping in context and reminding yourself until you believe it. Yeah. Without this, I will be skewed. Right. Not even in, like, general principle, but, like, daily. Right. Yes. Well, I mean, I don't remember what I was doing at this time last year, let alone last month. Or yesterday. That's a really big struggle. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Someone's like, what did the pastor preach on? Yeah. And you're like, hmm. Yeah. I might know generalized concepts. Right. But... If I had to get down into the the nitty gritty, um, I would. Right. There's nothing. Yeah. And so it's a constant looking at your compass. What direction am I going on, going in, and so that that's the long view, but and and that's and this is kind of where this podcast is going, that. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So you've got this light that's out there in the distance, which is way better than a compass, by the way. That would be like me, when they dropped me off at the edge of the forest, being able to see a light at the end, all the way at the end of my journey. path. Exactly. Right. And being able to just... Rather than referring to a compass, just follow the light. Just look at the light and go in that direction. Right. But this implies it would have to be dark. Right. I would not be able to see one step or two steps in front of myself between where I'm at and this light out in the distance. Right. So it says, Thy word is a lamp unto your feet. And so now we've got this. What do I do with my day-to-day? Right, which illustrates the need for both. Right. And that's like, that's something that's really been helping me in homeschooling. I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Right. You have your general concepts, right, of like the long view, the light at the end. Yeah. But it's like, God, what are you doing in my child's life today? Right. Like, I've just started praying that. What are you doing in my life today? Right. And making your perspective break down until it's like, what do you want me to do today? Because I haven't been doing that. I've been doing like, well, the curriculum or whatever, and it just wasn't working. But it's like, God, what do you want us to do today? What are you doing today? Right. You know, having a general guideline or outline for your days, Mm -hmm. but also having the lamp for your feet in the day. Right. And so that's actually why, I mean, that's why we do the things that we do in a day. And we've never talked about how it, what's what's Nicolato normal. And not very normal. It's it's very not normal. It's yeah. super weird. You're weird. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Well, you know. Yeah. I know. Me too. I know. We're all we're all not normal together. But it works out so well for us that I wouldn't want it any other way. Right. Look at how many people that are doing it. What the perspective of normal is today is divorce, uh, despair. And it's not like the humbling part about being a Christian is it's not like 
temptation doesn't come to us either. Right. It's not like you're not ever tempted with despair. Right. Or you're not ever tempted with contempt for the spouse or whatever. Right. It's like, it's just the Bible and the Lord is keeping you from doing the things other people are doing that you're tempted with also. Well, it's a resolution thing. Right. So let's say you're religious and you go to church twice a year. So you are looking at your compass, maybe, if your brain is even turned on when you went, right. twice a year. Right, and people accuse Christians of being legalistic sometimes. Yeah. But actually, if you think about it in the way we're talking about it, it's actually a more humble position. It's not because you think you have it together that you're looking at your compass all the time. It's because you know you don't right. that you're looking at your compass all the time. If you thought you had it together... You'd go to church twice a year. Right. If you thought, I really need help, then you're going to be going all the time. Right. So it's actually the humble position is the one that says, I need to look at the compass every five minutes. Right. Well, I mean, if your perspective is there's no God and this is a bunch of baloney. But I mean, even Christians accuse other Christians of legalism. Oh, yeah, right. 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 Well, so then let's, let's increase our resolution down to what would be more normal for Christians. I go... Once a week. That's my resolution. Once a week. Right. And I... Maybe I read my Bible once or twice a week. Right. That's your resolution. Now that, that, so that's you seeing clearly once or twice a week. Right. What about every day? But I think what makes that... When your life is easier going well, and I know this is the thing for me, it's like, oh, I, I see clearly. Like, my, my vision seems to last longer. Like, oh, I read three days ago, but I'm seeing clearly. I'm fine. Oh, right. But when, you're, when you perceive that there's a lot of hardship in your life, you're like, wow, I can't see clearly mm-hmm. at all for any amount of time. Mm-hmm. So having a life with difficulties really trains you to need the Bible but when you don't understand or have difficulties in your life as often, uh-huh. it's easier to think that you see clearly. Right. So how would we get from a place uh, your, where your perspective is? Well, so I guess, I guess what we're trying to get at is that what? Maybe your idea about the, the frame of reference for life, the Bible should be different. That your ability to keep in mind the right path is so limited that you... And I'm, I'm saying you, but I, this this was true for me. I was not able to keep the a view to... For even to my feet, let alone the long... The long game, you know, the light out in the distance without that. And so it was about, what, five years ago. Just it was really impressed on me that I needed to make the Bible and prayer the primary reference of my life. Right. Well, that's just living within reality. Right. You know, it's like I need to line my life up with what's true. And right. what's true is I need these things really badly, whether or not I... Right. 
So it was a discipline first. Right. And and then it became... A habit. A habit, yes. And And has it always been like this... earth-shattering, you know, the book is on fire, right. all kinds of, you know, do, do I always feel like it's lighting, it's doing what it proposes to do, like, oh, I, I see my steps? No, sometimes it's you get somewhere and you look back right. and you're like, wow, yeah. I didn't even know I was going there, but I made it to the place, I didn't even know I was going. Well, yeah. It, and again, if we're imagining this path where there's a light in the distance and there's this lamp locally, it's like sometimes there's something in my path. Right. The light shows me it, and it takes me a while to climb over this turkey. Right. There's a log in the path. Right. Or um, there's something that where it feels like I'm kind of stuck there until I kind of get over it. Right. And so it. But I saw it, and and until I get over that, it doesn't feel like I'm going anywhere. Right. But I am, because every little thing that gets me toward the light, while I've got that lamp in my hand, right. is getting me to where... Now, okay, what if you... Oh, I believe in God. So you see that there's there is a light out there, but you don't have a lamp. So, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Right. So you would be less sure about how to get there. Right. Which is what people are like. All roads lead there because you see the light, but you don't actually know how to get there. Well, there. Yeah. Right. And who's to know what? So there is a pit in front of you. Right. If you've ever been in a cave, if you've got a light out in the distance and you can't even see anything between you and it, that doesn't help you. Right. It's dangerous to move forward. Right. And that's actually something that, um, so, I mean, you could do that in the light, you know, if that's, that's that, uh, paper towel roll thing where, to walk with such a limited perspective isn't a good idea. Right. The light did nothing for you if you fall in the pit and die. Right. Right. It or you're tripping over stuff all over the place. Right. And so and maybe you go to the guy next to you that also doesn't have a lamp. That that kills me when people right. who are all on the same ray. So in other words, their perspective is all the same, right. and they're all talking among themselves right. about what the right path is. Well, the light, what it says in John and First John, is that the light exposes the darkness. Yeah. The light to your feet. Yeah. You know, as yeah. in the light in general. But Right. So, sometimes people don't actually want to see their path. Right. Well, if if the Bible is true, that means that I'm restricted. Right. That the, that the path is a thing and there's not another place to go. Right. There's not all roads leading to the light. It's like you right. can't get to the light without the light at your feet. Right. Right. So, yeah, just your, your perspective and 
this dichotomy between being able to look through and to perceive is all kind of bound up in this idea of perspective. Right. And we should probably go into next time um, what Nicolato Normal is. Uh, just so this has worked so well for us as a family and it's not perfect because we're not perfect, but it seems to me that it's been, it's made us hyper productive and it's given us a way to orient ourselves, not only in the Bible, but toward one another. I mean, here it's seven o'clock in the morning and we are talking man and wife. We do this every morning for at least a half an hour. I just assume it's normal. This is so not normal, babe. It is ridiculously not normal. There would be wives out there that in a week sit down and talk with their husbands for half an hour. That's crazy. I mean, I mean, really, the first, the warm-up period in a, in a conversation is like the first 10 minutes, right. at least. Right. Your brain doesn't even turn on until further in to get some of the peripherals out of the way that are, you know, there's some stuff that you maybe you need even, even need to talk about before you can reach into the heart of things. Right. So, yeah, we should probably talk about that next time. So, what a great conversation, though. I know. That's... I know I need a renewed perspective. A daily renewed perspective. Yeah. And and I don't think we're the only ones. Right. All right. Till we meet again. Okay. You have been listening to the Two Lights Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating. If you did not enjoy this podcast, feel free not to give us any rating at all. We would like to keep our rating up at five if we can. Tell your friends and don't forget to subscribe. And from the Nicolato house to yours, we thank you.